Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your coordination and sounds you to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work back Magnesium is naturally found in foods like... This is the Well and Good Podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Fitness is a lifestyle. It's not the 45 minutes before work. Fitness is what you do the other 23 hours of the day. I'm Ella Dove, Director of Creative Development here at Well and Good and host of today's episode where I'm asking the questions, is there a right way to move? When did exercise become so formulaic, scheduled into our day like work meetings? Is there any value left in movement for movement's sake? Before the pandemic, I, like many people I know, saw fitness and exercise as something that fit into windows on my calendar. I had a 50-minute Pilates class before work. Maybe I met friends for a spin class at the end of the day. It felt like something I had to check off every day, had to schedule into my day-to-day routine, or it just didn't count. And for what it's worth, before the pandemic, I was feeling pretty burnt out. And I don't think my perfectly scheduled fitness classes were helping. If anything, they were probably hurting. I've always loved walking. Walking and hiking are definitely two of the things that make me feel the most in tune, but they didn't feel like they counted. Then we found ourselves in the middle of a global pandemic, our beloved boutique fitness studios closed, and we had to rethink the way we move our body every day. I started going on really long walks. I got to know my neighborhood in a way I had never known it before. And after a few months of just walking, sometimes walking and talking socially distanced with a friend, sometimes alone with a podcast, sometimes alone just with my thoughts, gasp, I felt better than ever. I felt really good in my skin. I felt kind of at peace, even though we were in the middle of this kind of major meltdown. And I realized that maybe movement is more beneficial to me when it's something that I enjoy, that makes me feel good, and isn't scheduled into my day like everything else I have on my plate. So today, I'm sitting down with a few friends and a few experts to dive deep into the question, what makes a good workout? In 2007, studios like SoulCycle exploded onto the scene, kickstarting the boutique fitness industry as we know it. Back in. 
Suddenly, our fitness came prepackaged in $100 leggings, candlelit stationary bike rides, and celeb-level trainers telling us to get comfortable in our discomfort. Fast forward to 2020, and after a year and counting in lockdown, most of us are still at home, and I am definitely still walking. Our approach to fitness has dramatically changed, because it had to. A decade into the industry that is wellness, have I finally learned what works for me? Can my pandemic force changes stick? Will I have a more balanced relationship with exercise when this is all over? This past year has been beautiful because people are realizing, wow, I will take any dumbbell. I don't care what it looks like. Give me anything because I just, I need to work out. I'm missing it so much. And I think that that is a healthy missing, honestly. If you're riding the Peloton wave, you may recognize that voice as Peloton instructor, Jess Sims. In New York City, we have boutique studios on every corner. And the focus had been shifted away from, I'm doing this for me, I'm doing this for my health and well-being, to who has the most money to afford multiple classes in a row, or who has the newest outfit from the newest athleisure company that is hottest right now. I think that this past year has taught us that less is more and that it's a privilege to move our bodies. Whether we experienced illness in this past year or we experienced it secondhand from a loved one, we realized that it's not just about aesthetic goals. That should not be at the forefront of our minds um, when we are approaching fitness. It's about feeling good. It's about not just physical, but the mental, the emotional, and the community. When I was a teacher, I used to say that I don't believe that there's such thing as a child who doesn't like to read. They just haven't found the right book. I feel the same way about adults with fitness. I don't believe that there are adults that don't like to work out. They just haven't found the right workout for them. Someone who seems to be doing it right, or at least has found the right workout for them, is a good friend of mine, Charlie Atkins, creator of La Sweat and former SoulCycle instructor. SoulCycle was such a blessing for me because it gave me a career in fitness and one that I was not planning, one that I really stumbled into, right place, right time. When I started, it was all very new to me. And all I knew was, I don't know how I'm in this big city. I don't know how I'm doing this job, diving into this fitness industry that was very new, boutique fitness studios. I don't get it, but I like it. It's fun. All I knew to do was be the best at what I could be. And that wasn't that I was trying to compete with my employees. It was just that I wanted to sell up my classes. I wanted people that were coming to my classes to love the classes. Even as a trainer, a professional in this industry, she's had firsthand experience with exercising beyond the point of enjoyment. Charlie was one of the first fitness celebrities. Her classes were ridiculously popular, but one day she up and left. Eight years is a long time to be anywhere, even if it's a great place to be. It's a long time. And I wasn't progressing at SoulCycle. Physically, my body was, you know, breaking down. I was 27, and I remember thinking, like, I, I'm dead. I have no energy. My hips hurt. My hips felt crunchy. And I, I don't know if you can feel that, but that's what it felt like. Joints should be well lubricated. That is the way that the body was built. It should feel like a ball and socket, like very smooth, gliding surfaces. But for me, it felt like... Like a beatbox vibe, that was what it felt like. My body hurts. I also remember my muscles felt heavy. Like I couldn't lift my legs. I just felt like there was a weight on my body that my joints felt like I was running through sand or, or that they were like grounding through sand or something. You know, and at this point I'm teaching three or four indoor cycling classes a day. And 
um, to the topic of being the best that I can be, I rode my bike every single class for the entire duration of the class. So I just was running myself into the ground. On the outside, people look at their fitness instructors and we seem like we're unstoppable to our clients. They're just like, they're so strong. They're always happy. They're always motivated. They're able to do all these things. And I aspire to do that. Whereas on the other side of it, the fitness instructor side of it, you're just like breaking down, hitting a wall. So you developed hip problems as a 27-year-old from teaching too much spin, pretty much. Yes. And I'm still dealing with them to this day. So I am 35 years young and everything that I do is just kind of it's trying to balance out everything that I did for 10 years doing indoor cycling nonstop. So I'm like, I'm not the anti-indoor cyclist right now, but I definitely, all of my workouts are corrective of the years that I spent on the bike. And I, I, I honestly feel the best I've ever felt at 35. And what I'm doing is I'm walking more, I'm working out less, and I'm eating better, and I'm just taking more time to myself. So this is where I get really hung up. The public perception of trainers and what's going on behind the scenes really don't always match up. I've been working with trainers, making videos and more here at Well and Good for almost six years. And Charlie's story is not unique. So the question I'm constantly asking is, as a teacher, what responsibility do you think trainers have to help their students maintain a healthy relationship with fitness? Oh, huge. Huge. Whether we like it or not, we are physical representations um, and our, our Instagrams and our other social medias are instrumental in how the public views us. So that's why whenever someone says, Jess, do you ever take a day off? I say, I take at least one, usually two full days off. I don't do dance cardio on those days. I don't do, I'll go for a nice walk with my dogs. And it's so important to tell the world that and be honest because people will see me on my classes and think that I work out four times a day, which is just not the case. This is my job. This is my livelihood. I want to be doing this for a very long time. So I have to, one, be working out smart, doing warm-ups, doing stretches, hydrating, getting proper sleep. It's, it's not one or the other, you know, like wellness is seven pillars in my opinion of really serious things that we need to do in order to be our best. And it involves sleep, hydration, food as fuel, um, your community. So who you surround yourself with, that's huge for your health movement. And now I'm going to forget the last two recovery and Oh, mental health. There you go. That one. (laughs) That was just that small one. Yeah, no big deal. So how do we reprioritize our mental health and make fitness less of something on our to-do list and more of something we do just because we enjoy it individually, not because it's on trend? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. If we want to talk about it in the boutique fitness world, it's like people started at SoulCycle and then they went to Barry's boot camp and then they started to find yoga. And, you know, that's kind of the evolution of your fitness routine. Find something, stick with it. And whenever you get bored by it, you know, it's time to maybe find something new. Or if you stop seeing change, that's a sign that, you know, it's time for something different. Let's start at the beginning. Your journey is going to be different than somebody else's journey, especially somebody that you see online. Let's see where you are and then let's build the steps to get you to where you want to be. Fortunately, there are some pretty inspiring people out there who are thinking about this too. I sat down, zoomed, with Evelyn Escobar to dive in. Evelyn is the founder and CEO of High Club, a fresh take on what group fitness can and maybe should look like. I was someone who would go to classes frequently and try out different modalities when it came to wellness, but it was something that was very white, you know, even going to a yoga class and yoga is not traditionally a white modality to even use. So there was definitely an obvious disconnect that I saw and being a black and brown woman, knowing other black and brown women who were also interested in nature, you know, on whatever scale that was, I was like, there are other people like me too. And it was a way for me to also hold space and facilitate that space so that even if you have never gone on a hike or weren't into the outdoors or never sought that for yourself, that you could come and experience this and then maybe that will open, you know, your horizons and then you'll want to pursue this. When I seek movement, when I want to work my body, I'm looking at things that feel natural to me. So like hiking, you know what I mean? I'm not going into a cardio class like, all right, 30 minutes, I'm going to do this you know, TRX workout and then be gone. That kind of stresses me out. Like going on a hike, going on a walk, riding my bike around my neighborhood, you know, these little things that you don't think are movement, but are actually also providing you that like physical outlet are the things that I seek. And to non-believers, Dr. Harry Pino of the Princeton Longevity Center has this advice. Every movement that we do throughout the day counts. The most important thing is movement. If you could just move, you could start at a certain level, right? Not everyone could run 10-minute miles. Very few people could run a six-minute mile, right? It really depends what you're looking for. Maybe you can't handle 30 consecutive minutes, but Mm -hmm. the beauty of fitness is you could break it up for 10-minute sessions, right? Um, If you look at the caloric expenditure, it's practically the same. So many people have a myth, myself included. When I was a teacher, I went from doing two-a-days with basketball practice to not working out at all. Like I probably worked out maybe three times in six months and I lost myself. But I had this mindset that if I didn't have an hour or two hours to go to the gym, it wasn't worth it. So I think leaning into the shorter workouts, it's getting people to actually see how possible it is to move on a daily basis. When we remove the thought that you have to work out for 45 minutes a day, 
it, it just seems so daunting and like, oh my gosh, I don't even have 45 minutes a day to sit down and eat, let alone, you know, get a workout in and shower. And then I have to go on my next Zoom call and things like that. So the shorter workouts are fantastic. Like I just started teaching the Flash 15, which is a two minute warm up, one minute demo, and a 12 minute EMOM. 15 minutes goes by like literally in a flash. And it's been one of the most popular classes for strength because it's something you can fit in. I don't want us to ever work out for one small goal within six months or a year long goal. I want us to be working out long-term. I want this to be falling in love with the process and making this part of our everyday rituals. One of the things that people say is I don't have time. I say, well, if you don't have time for wellness, then you're going to have to make time for illness. It's just as yeah, simple as that. If you don't take care of your body, the body, your body's going to say, well, guess what? Now I'm not giving you that choice. Um, so I walk a lot. And during the pandemic, walking is pretty much all I've been doing in the name of fitness. The idea of turning my home slash kitchen slash everything space into another thing, a gym, just doesn't do it for me. But my walks are about a lot more than just closing my rings. They're really what are keeping me sane. But even as I worked on this podcast, all about why we move, I completely forgot that. I took too many days off my daily strolls, too buried in timelines and spreadsheets, and this whole project started to feel really impossible. Then, before we came in to record this very podcast, I went for a walk and very quickly remembered why I move. Can you hear that? That's the sound of my jaw slowly unclenching. I'm always telling people, just go out and walk. Even if it's 10 minutes, at least get something done. You will feel much, much better. One of the biggest things for me was just the healing and the reset and all of the mental and physical and spiritual benefits you get from being outside. So I was like, this is so important and it needs to not look and feel the way that it does now. So I'm going to do something about it. I think we just have to sort of broaden our horizons and open our minds as to how these things look for us because playtime is also movement, you know? It, it also gives you benefits and we need to just like accept it in all forms and it doesn't have to be very black and white. Evelyn, do you have fitness goals? I don't have fitness goals, but I do have movement goals and I strive to move at least three to four times a week, whether that's hiking, riding my bike, walking around my neighborhood, whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of people are married to results, are married to altering what is already there. And because I've really gone down this self journey of just like realizing I really hate going to regimented, you know, cardio classes specifically, um, that I just focus on making sure that I move. If you make sure that you move, if you make sure that what you're putting in your body is going to benefit you and, you know, you're, you're working on, on balance on, in all the things, then you'll be just fine. You know what I mean? And I think we just get so strict and so regimented and it just doesn't leave room for life and I would rather just live in a way that I can consistently continue to live. So that is why I focus more so on just moving period and letting the cards fall where they may. Here's what Jess had to say. I don't want to say that goal is a bad word. I'm not going to say it, make it the G word, but I do think that goals tend to have a reputation of being one and done, like a checkbox thing. And mm -hmm. I have goals of 
wanting to take better care of myself, but that goal will never be fully fulfilled. It's a living document. It's something that I will be working on for the rest of my life. And I think that that's okay. Over 80% of the people that sign to weight management programs at the beginning of the year, by spring that same year, they don't come back. We did a study once and we looked at why people were dropping out out of these weight management programs. And what we found was three out of the five goals that we were looking at were not achievable. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at those goals that were not achievable, they were one, workload, intensity of the exercise, and the education of the exercise or the purpose of that type of exercise. And third was motivation. So find a good place where you could train, ask information, you know, do you personalize my exercise? There are many tools out there that really will help you understand what my body needs and, and just keep moving and, and stay positive and, and, and focus on your health. What I've learned in my almost decade in this wellness industry is that it's not about achieving the goal. It's about setting yourself up to achieve goals because it makes you want to wake up and do it again tomorrow. If I can set myself up for success, if I feel accomplished when I go to bed at night, tomorrow morning, I'm excited to wake up. I'm excited to get in that walk or that workout or whatever it is that actually made me feel good. Every program in the fitness and wellness industry is designed to that point. That's Charlie again. It's to make you feel like you accomplished something today. That accomplishment made you feel better today. Therefore, tomorrow you want to do the same thing so that you can continue to feel better. And the next thing you know, three or four weeks has gone by and you have been consistent with a program or been consistent with a change in your current lifestyle that is benefiting you because obviously you feel better on the other side. So Jess, why do you move? I move because I can and I get to. I move because I know it makes me feel better in the moment. I move because it is my team, uh, working out with Peloton, seeing the leaderboard, giving out high fives, going on social after and connecting. Um, I move because I want to set an example for other black women to also move. Uh, I move for my future children. If and when that ever happens, um, I want to be a symbol of strength and power and independence and self-care. And those are just a few of my whys. And Charlie? For me, the way that I express myself is through physical activity. I know that not everybody is that way, but maybe you can understand or you can relate to when you have something inside of you that you need to release, it's movement. And so for me, that is why I work out. It makes, you know, that's how I express myself um, through the art of fitness. That's that's me. I am not a very emotional person. So for me, that's that's how I, that's my love language. Fitness is my love language. We now have an opportunity where I think people are going to come out of working out from home and they're going to realize that they don't need to attack the bike for 45 minutes, that they're going to find movement that resonates with their body and what makes them feel better. So I am curious to see how group fitness studios, how you know, gyms really honor what people have figured out on their own. At the end of the day, it's good for our physical and mental health to exercise. As Dr. Harry says, it's good for your cardiovascular health, and every doc or health professional out there will tell you that exact same thing.
But some of us, me, got so caught up in finding the best way to move that we lost track of why we really need to move our bodies. If you leave this episode with anything, let it be this. Movement should feel good. That's one. Your movement is unique. It doesn't need to look or feel like anyone else's. If that is a way that you want to express yourself and you want to move, it is completely acceptable. That's two. And movement is personal and just allowing yourself to be okay with that. On today's show, you heard from Charlie Atkins, Evelyn Escobar, Jess Sims, and Dr. Harry Pino. You can find links to all of their work and their handles in the show notes. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Kate Spees, and myself, along with many other hands and brains here at Well and Good. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends. You can shoot us a line at podcasts at wellandgood.com to let us know what you want to hear next. And of course, subscribe right now. Mixing and scoring by Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt Didomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. And special thanks to Jess Friedman, Ali Short, Jen Snyder, and of course, Cassie Wolfe.